We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, and welcome back to The Coachable Podcast. I hope you are doing amazing today. And if you're watching me on YouTube, hi, I'm waving at you. I love you. Thank you for being here. We're excited to grow our YouTube community and family. So if you haven't checked us out, make sure to subscribe, hit the bell so that you don't miss any of these episodes. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, thank you for being a consistent, loyal part of this community. I ask that if you are getting a lot of value from the show that you would go to wherever you're listening and you would subscribe, that you would leave a rating and leave a review that is a reflection of your true, um, your true experience with this show and just authentically share what it is that you're getting from it that really, really helps the show grow. Now, today I am going to be breaking down the levels of self-mastery and what it takes to truly be successful in anything in life. And what are some of those pitfalls that continually trip us up? This is going to um, be really illuminating for some of you that find yourself continually um, starting things and never making the progress or getting the results that you really want. And maybe you found yourself starting a lot of things over the years, whether it's a new diet or trying to lose weight or make a certain amount of money or a new skill or hobby, and you never actually get to the point where you are a master of it or that you have built a, a certain level of confidence around it. So that's what we're going to get into in today's episode. But before we do, I do want to say thank you to one of my favorite sponsors and brands. You know them and love them like I do, Organifi. Because here's the thing, most of us could use more energy in our day. I am guilty as charged like many of you. I love my coffee. I'm I'm not addicted like some, like I can go without, but I need that boost in the morning. But caffeine can only do so much for us. And at some point we need to really look at what is the root cause of our fatigue. And it turns out that there's two main focuses or factors that are um, impacting low energy and chronic stress and lack of nutrition. And the thing I love about Organifi is that it creates delicious superfood blends that address both of these problems. So they use adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms to help balance cortisol levels that are associated with stress, and they make it easier to add more nutrients into your day. And so all you have to do is simply mix a scoop of one of their powders, the green, uh, red, or uh, gold, which are all amazing, and enjoy a natural boost any time of your day, morning, noon, or night. 
you have to get your hands on this. If you haven't tried any of the Organifi products, they have been so nice to give you guys a 20% discount. All you have to do is go to Organifi.com slash Tori Gordon and use the code Tori20 at checkout. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Tori Gordon and use the code Tori at checkout. Now, let's jump into the episode and into the, to the nitty gritty of self-mastery and success. One of the things I really want to talk about today is the fact that our culture tells us that if we understand something, we should be able to do it, right? If we understand something, we should be able to do it. But the, the truth is that is really far from actuality. That's really far from reality because repetition is the mother of mastery. And what I see so often is that we get caught in this this process of understanding and we get frustrated. Like how many of you know someone who can do absolutely incredible things with their body, right? Whether it's a gymnast or, or for me, like recently I'm in Vegas, I'm on this road trip, you guys, and I've been on the road for about a month and a half or some change now. And I've been in a real good groove in Vegas. I've been going to a gym regularly and there are a lot of performers here, right? And they go to these yoga classes and they are doing just insane poses and, and things with their body I've never seen, whether they're from Cirque du Soleil or some kind of performer, I don't know, but I'm just mesmerized when I see them and I'm, I'm just so impressed, right? And it seems to be so easy for them. Like when you see some, somebody like Simone Biles, right, who's just the most recognized, most awarded gymnast in U.S. history, she just looks like she came out of the womb being able to do flips, right? She, she makes it look so easy. And the thing is, most of us, we don't want to fail. So we tend to do the things that we are already good at, even though maybe I really want to do that handstand in yoga, but like, I am so scared to fall. I'm never going to try it, right? That's one mentality or one way of looking at it. And we tend to stay in our comfort zones of what we're, we're naturally good at, or we naturally have some level of confidence in already. And this is what holds so many of us back. And a lot of us are frustrated because you can't like you cognitively understand maybe even the steps you need to take or the things you need to do to, to do the thing that you've never done before. So if we're going to use the example of doing a headstand in yoga, which I have recently started to be able to actually do on my own, um, before when I was just watching, I could hear the teacher tell me the steps, right? I cognitively understood what it would take, but I had not yet done it, embodied it, much less mastered it. And that's a little insight into the steps that we're going to get into. So the first level of self-mastery or mastery of any skill is we begin with cognitive mastery. This is the intellectual understanding. I know how to do something. This is also this excitement phase that we get into, like at the beginning of every year where we're like super pumped to, to get back into the gym or to get, you know, to start some new habits or eat clean or, or whatever it is, right? And we're excited and we're committed and we're like, yes, I'm going to do this thing. And we have cognitively, mentally decided and we understand intellectually like 
what it's going to take. Maybe it's going to be 30, 60, 90 days to create this habit. But here's the thing. You can only do what you know. So naturally, the more you know, the more you can do. I, I can't do certain things that I, I don't know how to do. So we have to have that intellectual understanding. That's why it's the first level of mastery. And another thing that I'm currently learning right now is like I'm starting to dabble into crypto and NFTs and I'm learning about them. I'm learning about the, the metaverse and Web3 and how that's going like, to impact us in the future. And I want to be informed. I want to understand so that I can then apply my understanding and capitalize on it and benefit from it, get results from it, right? In my bank account. Don't, how many, how many of us want that? So I'm starting to develop a new working knowledge and understanding of these things. But here's the thing, knowing isn't enough, you guys. Knowing isn't enough because you've probably heard me say, if you listen to the show long enough, that knowledge is not power. This is a big lie that we're told. Growing up, I heard all the time, knowledge is power, knowledge is power. No, it's not. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. Because a lot of us have knowledge and information that we have yet to apply, that if we would only use it, it would change our lives, right? We know that just drinking water and hydrating, staying super hydrated throughout the day makes us feel better. It makes our bodies work better. There's so many benefits to it, but few of us actually do it. And it can be that simple. And a lot of people stay in this phase of mastery or lack of because it's comfortable, right? It's easy, it's familiar, it's safe. It's where we're, you know, where we're comfortable doing the thing that we are confident in doing, not really pushing ourselves to try new things because we're afraid to fail or because we feel like, oh, I've got enough information. Like I've got knowledge and that's enough. And that isn't going to take you where you want to go. Just accumulating information and studying isn't going to help you change your life. Okay. Because in this phase where you're super excited, how many of you guys have started some things and not really ever mastered the skill? Like you're like, okay, I'm going to like, it's getting warm outside. I'm going to pick up tennis. And then you go to like two tennis lessons or you get out and play tennis twice and then you never pick up the racket again. Or you decide that you want to start investing money and saving money and you put money away for like five weeks and then something comes up and you're like, eh, yeah, but I could really use this money right now because a lot of people, they sacrifice what they want most for what they want now. And this is a phase where as you move into the second phase, the excitement starts to wean. It starts to like dissolve and you start to move into the second stage, which is resistance, which is going to require you to feel it, not just understand it. Because a lot of you have tried everything. You're like, Tori, I've tried everything. I've tried to develop new habits. I've tried to like, you know, keep myself disciplined. I know what I need to do. I just can't get myself to do it. Yeah, you've tried everything except sticking to it. Somebody needs to hear that today. Like you've tried everything except 
sticking to the thing that you said that you wanted because you allow yourself to get sidetracked or distracted with what's shiny and in front of you in the moment, right? And that's where we get derailed. And if we can stay the course, what you're going to move into is the second phase, which is all about repetition and emotional mastery. You have to feel it. And what you're going to feel here is resistance because when you start to do something consistently, it's like going to the gym and, and picking up weights. You're like, okay, I'm like 10 reps in and, you, and your trainer's like, nope, we got to do, we got to do some more because the work doesn't start until you get uncomfortable. A lot of us just want to stay in that comfort, like that comfortable 10 rep range where we're like, okay, I'm going to do 10 reps and then I'm done. No, like the work starts when you start to sweat. The, the pose in yoga doesn't start until you start to feel slightly uncomfortable. And the thing with repetition, continually, consistently doing something is when you're starting to develop emotional mastery over that thing that you no longer allow fear to dictate your choices or decisions or your willingness to show up and do it. You've stopped negotiating with yourself. This is where you develop the discipline to do the thing in the face of discomfort. And you, you link emotional consequences to it, right? Because emotion is what moves us into action. I want you to think about like, what is the cost of not doing it? and feel what is it gonna cost you to not do something. I'll give me an example. When I was in sixth grade, I went to, a, I went to an elementary school for, for K through five, where I never got a grade. I never got a letter grade until I went into sixth grade. And so in elementary school, I was, without having A's, a straight A student. I was a star student in every other way. You know, I had like, ton of friends. I was doing really, really well. And then I got to middle school and the first grade I ever got on the first test was a math test. And I got a 59. And I remember, I, I guess my teacher just saw the emotion in my face, maybe just all the blood drained out of it. And I turned pale as a ghost. And she asked me to, to step outside in the hallway. And my heart was just like shattered as a sixth grader. I was like, this was the first time I felt like I had this um, one of the first times I can remember visceral experience of feeling not good enough or that I had done something wrong or something was wrong with me. Um, because I had this expectation of myself that I was great at school. And then I had this number on a page that now was trying to define, um, who I was as a student. And I remember feeling then so badly that I made a decision and I said, I will never feel this way again. And I remember being young and my dad always telling me, if I don't like how I feel, change it. Like if you don't like how you feel, do something about it. And that day as a sixth grader standing in the hallway, probably crying in front of a teacher looking at a 59 on a test, thinking I will never feel this way again because I will do whatever it takes to never have this experience again of never showing up to a, a test unprepared or never, you know, like whatever it takes, I don't want to feel this feeling because 
Emotion is what moves us into action. Pain is a motivator. And it motivated me to do the work so that I could learn how to adapt in a new way of, of like learning in school because I'd never gotten grades before. I had to adapt. I had to like learn how to be flexible enough to learn in a new way so that I could get the results I wanted, which was a certain letter grade because that made me feel better about myself. Now, I'm not going to go into like how our, you know, or if our identity should get shaped based on, you know, grades or anything like that, because that's not the conversation for today. But it's to prove that emotion moves us into action. And I'm, I'm decided then I will do whatever it takes to not feel this. Because information without emotion is easily forgotten. A lot of us learn a lot. How many of you, you spent like however many years, 12, sometimes if you go to college, 16 years in school since you were a kid, how much of that information did you retain over the years? Sometimes I'm like listening to something that I probably learned in, in eighth grade, fourth grade, world history class, state history, whatever it is. And I'm like, mm, don't remember learning that in school because I didn't retain it. Because information without emotion is easily forgotten. When we apply emotion to stuff, it sticks in the brain. And so when you're learning a new skill, if we can apply an emotional consequence, good or bad, it will help us to remember and to recall it when we need it and when we've forgotten, when it's hard, when we're facing resistance. Because when we get into repeating and doing something consistently, that's when the excitement has faded and you're like, oh, actually this is, this is hard. Like I would actually rather not. And this is where people get derailed, right? You're like, mm, um, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where we tend to stop when we feel our resistance, but how well you work with your resistance will determine how far you go. I mean, just think about resistance weight training. Like when you start to feel the burn, is when the work is, is started. And so I want you to remember that the work begins when the discomfort sets in. If you are comfortable, if everything is a breeze in your life, if you are the smartest person in the room, if you don't have to put in any effort into what you're doing, you are playing at such a small level. Like find something that requires you to learn again, that requires you to practice again, to become a master of a new skill. Because how well you work with that resistance is going to determine how far you go. And don't lie to yourself about thinking that you can do it alone because you can't. A lot of people start projects. They start to try and learn something new and think, I can do it on my own. I'm going to do it this time. And then they hit the resistance and that's where they wish they would have had somebody to hold them accountable. They wish and they need a community to rally around them and remind them of why they started that has people in their life and on their team that are all moving in the same direction towards the same goal. So don't lie to yourself. Do yourself a disservice in thinking that you can be successful on your own because you can't. No one gets to the top on their own. So if you want to be successful, it is so important that you have support, that you learn to ask for help, that you have somebody to hold you accountable and to remind you of why you started. So as we move into the third level of mastery, 
This is where we take a habit and we turn it into a lifestyle and we turn it into an identity. This is who I am. And that requires physical mastery of a skill or um, something that you're doing. This is the actual uh, embodiment where it's not just a habit that you can learn in 30, 60, 90 days. This is who I am now. You embody it. You own it. It's in your psychology. It's in your physiology. The people that are doing the yoga poses that are insane, they've been doing it consistently for so long. It's part of their subconscious. They don't even have to think about it, right? When you've driven to your house so many times, it's part of your identity. It's part of who you are. You don't have to, to think about it. You have a, such a deep level of confidence on knowing how to get there. You just go. You just do. Because a lot of us never reach this point, whether it's in business, in relationships, in learning how to communicate and learning how to do something new because observing and watching other people is so much easier and more um, safe because when you just observe and you're just watching other people play, other people do the thing, other people um, perform and get better and move forward and get results, when you're just watching, it's a way that you're protecting yourself because it takes vulnerability to actually try. It takes courage to actually experience something. For me, it took courage to actually like kick hard enough to put my freaking like legs in the air and be vulnerable like to the experience that I could fall. I could literally like hit my face on the ground. But that's part of it. Like I need to learn what am I capable of and I can't learn what I'm capable of. I'm not willing to try. And we live in a culture where it's like, Okay, the person who, who like cares less wins. The person who tries the least is, is winning. Or like, because and it's such a lie. It's like dare to care about something. Like dare to want something so badly that you're willing to fail at it over and over and over again until you get it. That's the thing I love about yoga and why I got so addicted to it is because at the beginning, my only goal was to stay in the room because I was doing hot yoga with a heated, really hot room. So my goal was just stay in the room, not even try to like master the postures. I had no idea, like I was such a beginner. But then I consistently started to go and re like go through that stage of repetition. And then I remember going to bed one night, going into yoga class the next day, and all of a sudden my body could do something it had never done before. And I had this illuminating moment. I was like, wow, um, showing up consistently and doing the thing consistently actually pays off, right? And I'm seeing the physical results of that. And that's fun. And that's inspiring me to continue to keep going because I want to see what else am I capable of. So standing on the sidelines and watching everybody else play the game, it's safe. But you're being a spectator in a sport that is a, like, full action full like requires you to be like fully immersed in it and that is scary for a lot of people they would rather sit on the sidelines and watch but you will never be successful if you do that because it takes vulnerability to try and to experience if you don't explore something experientially if you only stay at the level of the mind and you are only ever thinking about doing it, 
then you always stay trapped in your mind. And you are a person that is a reporter. You report on the game. You report on your life. You don't actually ever experience it. So my invitation to you is to be an experiencer, to embrace the experience. Don't just report on it. Don't just document it. Like actually be immersed fully in the thing that you're learning and then actually apply it. You know, when I decided to start this journey across country, um, I saw it as an experiment in immersing myself in the work that I teach, actually practicing, applying, letting go, surrender, trying something new, being a beginner, allowing life to unfold, being willing to put myself out there. It's been an immersive experience. And this is where, this is like life is my greatest playground for learning, but only when we're present for it and we're willing to experience it, not just observe it, not just report on it, not just document it. So when we get really good at something and we've actually come to this third level of mastery where we are confident We've got swag. We've got a competence level because we've done the thing. We haven't just thought about it. We've repeatedly shown up day after day. We tend to forget how hard it was at the beginning because when you have time in between when you started and where you are today, we tend to forget how scary it was to begin to put yourself out there, to try something new, to feel that fear. And... That's why I tend to think of myself as a student always first, and then I become a teacher and I teach the thing that I have then uh, mastered on some level. And I, I always want to have empathy and compassion for those that are at the beginning stage of that journey. And I want to remember and be reminded of how scary it can be because I was scared at the beginning. I've just oftentimes forgotten how hard it was. And I want you to acknowledge and use those things that you have moved through, like that were hard in the past, but now they're easy for you. Like maybe cooking was like so hard for you and you had no idea and then you learned how to do it and now it's your thing and it's like so easy and you expect everybody else to be able to do it. But like, just remember, like you didn't know how to do it at the beginning and you can have compassion for the people that are learning or in that stage. Because everything in your life that you want isn't going to necessarily just come by strategy or knowing or information. It's going to come by energy, certainty, repetition, action, right? The next deal, the next opportunity, the next job isn't going to be the thing that makes you successful where you're constantly looking for the next thing. What's the next thing I want to give my time to? What's the next thing I want to invest in? What's the next thing that's going to give me an ROI? None of those things is going to be the thing that makes you successful. The only thing that's going to make you successful is you, my friend. And you have to stop reaching for the next thing and start to turn inward and look at why have I not actually applied the last five things that I've learned? Why have I ha actually never done anything with the information I, I read in the last five books or courses or seminars that I sat through? We are all 
just steps away from if we actually applied what we've learned, your life would change. And that is a conversation that you have to have with you. What is in the way of you actually doing the thing that you know you need to do? And it comes down to fear. It comes down to uh, this desire, primal desire to stay safe. But you are not in danger. Like trying something and failing at it isn't going to kill you. So allow yourself to be an experiencer. Allow yourself to try. Allow yourself to fail. One of my mentors, Rory Vaden, has a quote that success is not owned, it's leased. And the rent is due every day. I love that. Because a lot of us think that we get to a certain level in life and then we've just made it. And that is not true. Like You have to consistently show up because the rent is due every single day. And if you stop, you lose it, right? Like how many of us have been to the gym, gotten in shape and then lost the weight and then added it back on when we stopped doing the things that helped us to take it off? It's like I get into do 30 days of yoga or, or working out and I'm developing muscle and then I take some, a break and I lose it. The rent is due every day because it's not what we do just once in a while that makes a difference. It's what we do consistently. And I don't have to be a freaking fortune teller to tell what your future is going to look like. I can tell by looking at your habits, at your library, by who you spend your time around, by what you spend your money on, because we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly think about because all of our results come from and are a byproduct of our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and then our results. And so many people stay thinking about what they're going to do and never actually do it. So don't let it be said of you that you missed out on your potential because you allow fear to paralyze you and keep you on the sidelines. So how much are you investing in yourself and where, in what ways? Because you can't fix a money problem with money because money isn't the problem. You can't fix a weight problem with food or restrictive diets because food isn't the problem. You are the problem. Your relationship to that thing is the problem. Your belief system or thoughts or feelings about that thing is the problem, right? And so we have to stop looking at the next opportunity or the next diet or the next relationship as the thing that's going to fix the problem because it's not. We are the problem. We have to go inward. You know, we live in a culture where we tend to not... You know, we don't invest in prevention. We invest in pain relief. Because when everything is good in your life, you're not motivated to do anything different. When you've got the money in the bank, you're like, yeah, I don't really have to work today. You know, I'm not really in danger. Like, I've got, I've got, what I, I've got my needs met. When you're, like, really happy with, with your health, you're like, yeah, I can, I can eat that. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. We're motivated when we are in pain. We are motivated when we are hurting. That's why we don't invest in prevention. But what if we did? What if we consistently showed up every day so that in the future we weren't in pain? What if we consistently kept our eye on the thing that we want most instead of the thing that we want now? Because it's that sacrifice that causes us to be in pain later. When I allow myself to forgo my values or my standards and I, I and I, just accept 
this validation or this little bit of attention from this person or whatever. And I just ignore everything else because I want it right now. And I feel like I need it right now. And I'm not willing to wait. But then after you're like, man, wasn't worth it. That late night snack wasn't worth it. Like I shouldn't have done that because we sacrifice what we want most for what we want now. So may we become masters of repetition of accountability, of taking personal responsibility for our results. And we start to shift our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions so that we can create a new life and lifestyle and ultimately win at the game of life. Because a lot of times, what I want you guys to know though, is we tend to look at how things could be better. Like, yeah, I got money and things are good and I'm not that motivated right now because things I'm comfortable. But as soon as you get uncomfortable and that bank account starts draining, now you're like, okay, I, I feel this urgency. I feel this desperation to start to, to move into action again. And we tend to focus on where we want to be and we're like not there yet. And we're always seeing how things could be better. But I want you also to consider, like, think about where you are, but think about also where you are not any longer. Like, look at where you are and think about where you could be, where you've come from, and acknowledge the, the stretch of that journey that you've already completed and you've already walked, the hard things that you felt like would destroy you and you've come through. And let that be a reminder that you can move through resistance and that you can make it to the other side. The thing that you thought would destroy you, that you would be heartbroken forever, that that layoff would be the end of like your success or whatever, and you look at where you are now. Because I think we do a really shitty job of, job of acknowledging ourselves and the work that we have done. Because you have done work on yourself. You're listening to this podcast, right? You can see like that that was hard, but I got through it. And let that inform your optimism for the current challenges that you're facing and remind you that you can do hard things. So ultimately, if you're trying to navigate resistance, if you're feeling resistance around something in your life, if you're trying to do that alone, you will fail. So ask for help, get support, get into a community, surround yourself with people who have similar goals, be willing to be held accountable, be willing to be reminded of why you wanted this so badly in the first place. Because as you start to make progress, that pain gets a little bit duller. It's not as sharp as it once was, which motivated you and drove you into action. And so as you start to, oh, I'm like, I'm getting a little better. Sometimes it can demotivate you, but I want you to keep in mind, why did I start? Why did I start? Ultimately, we live in a world that is bound by universal laws. Um, one of which is the law of cause and effect. And every choice, every action we take um, has a corresponding effect. So if you choose to eat the late night snack, there will be an effect. If you choose to get drunk, there will be a, an effect of a hangover. Or you might not feel as like sharp the next day or whatever. Everything in our life is happening because of a cause and because of an effect or luck or accidents. A lot of times we talk about this because we simply like life in that way because we just don't know what the cause was of this effect. We're like, oh, it's just lucky, I guess. No, there was a cause, right? If you win the lottery, 
it's not just you're lucky. The, the, there was a cause that you bought a ticket and the fact is that you won. It's not that that happens all the time, but that's why you won when you did or someone gave it to you. Like there is always a cause and always a, an effect. And what we are today, our circumstances, good, bad, and everything in between, all come to life through a series of a chain of events and effects. It's the result of specific causes. And that is your power that you get to determine the choices, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions that you take. And the result is the cause. The result is the cause. Because a lot of us, we look at people who are getting rewarded in public and we're like, man, I'd love to be like that. I'd love to get that kind of recognition. But they're being rewarded in public for what they've been doing in private consistently. Because recognition and reward is often the effect of inspired, deliberate, diligent, and consistent action over time. Being rewarded, being recognized, being rich, being wealthy in every area of your life, in your relationships, in your health, in your wealth, being worthy, it's an effect of a cause. So that is your powers that you get to decide. And when you get off track, you get to choose again and you get to get back on track. And so there's no shame. There's no judgment around the choices that we've made. We just get to be reminded that we're that powerful and that we do co-create the experiences that we have and the results that we get. And that, let that be the inspiration for showing up on the days that you don't feel like it. Have such a deep come from and a deep why that it sustains you when things get challenging and make an association with not doing it, the cost of not doing it, not showing up worse than the pain of actually having to like endure whatever short-term temporary pain that is of learning or failing or doing something new. What is it costing you not to do it? What is it costing you to continue to be an observer of your life, to continue to play small, to continue to watch everybody else succeed and move forward because you're scared? Because one day you're going to look around and everybody else is going to be moved down the, down the field and you're going to still stand there and you're going to be like, where is everybody? So have courage. It takes a lot of courage and bravery to put yourself out there, to be an experiencer, to try new things. I know this because I'm doing it in a new area of my life right now and I will continue to find new ways to be you know, in that student beginner role. And so I have so much compassion and empathy and love for those of you who are on that journey. And I just want you to know you can't do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. And that's why the coachable community exists. So my invitation for you is, is partake, be part of this, engage, join us on the Facebook community, the coachable community there. Follow me on socials for um, daily inspiration. If you're not part of our newsletter, you can go to ToriGordon.com. Make sure you're part of our email community. We're constantly sending you motivation and inspiration throughout the week um, for resources, events, uh, things that you can be part of. And if you're finding yourself like, Tori, I don't know where to give my time and my energy. I don't know what's important. I don't know what I care about that much then I would invite you to join the Find Your Purpose workshop, which you can find at ToriGordon.com. Um, and it's a three-part workshop that you can move through that I take you through my signature frame, framework for um, discovering your purpose um, and living it out now. And for uh, this week only, I'm actually going to open up 
10 spots for people who want to do a deep dive mindset intensive with me, 60 minutes, private one-on-one. If you go to torygordon.com slash intensive, you can sign up for a very exclusive one-on-one call with me. I never do these one-off calls privately with people. People tend to work with me long-term um, and do custom coaching. But with um, this episode and this topic, I want to give you continual support. So if you want to be one of those 10 people that works with me one-on-one, 60 minutes of time that we can deep dive into your goals and what's standing in the way of you getting the results that you want, go to torygordon.com slash intensive and you can book one of those 10 spots to work with me. I'm so excited. I love you. Thank you for being part of this community. Thanks for being willing to do something different and learn how to do something better. That's what it means to be coachable. Keep coming back, share this with a friend, someone you love and uh, be a hero in their life by um, maybe just being the thing that motivates them to get going and get in the game. You are amazing. I'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.